This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're right, Pat. Um, and when you're right, you're right. And when I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we have big time flip flops on this program. And when that happens, I find it important uh, to point it out to you. So you don't find out. So the media doesn't tell you about it. I get to tell you about it. Mm. And I've had a huge flip flop. Okay. I've completely changed my mind on, um, on an issue. Yeah. Um, at one point, I thought the column uh, written by Newsweek, entitled We're All Socialists Now, was really a bad, a bad one. one. Uh, like a terrible misrepresentation of our country. You're correcting that now, finally? Yes, I am correcting okay. that now. I now think it was the best piece of journalism in history. <laughs> uh, in fact, it, was the, it is almost as if mm. someone with a time machine actually went into the future to see what would happen and then came back to write it. This is so unbelievable. It's this is incredible. So unbelievable. Pat. Now, we all, people have been quoting this headline since it appeared in Newsweek in 2009. <laughs> We're all was, socialists yeah. now. What are you talking about? We're not all socialists now. Obviously incendiary. Obviously incendiary. States of America. Yep. And uh, so people quote it, and they continue to quote it this whole time. In fact, we randomly brought it up on the air today. Uh, you know, the left said, We're all socialists now. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, I should go back and read that article. I should go back. I'm so glad you made that decision. And read that article because it helped you correct a, a, long a faulty time. mindset. Now, let's just see what their thought process was. Why did they say we are all socialists now? Because there was, there were examples of people disagreeing with the socialist policies of the time. Mm-hmm. And why didn't they highlight that? <clears throat> that was my thought. This is the first paragraph of the article. We're all socialists now. It's one of the most incredible th- moments I've had in my life in uh, broadcasting. That's how significant this is. Okay? It was noticeable. I, it, it was noticeable. Because Glenn air. said it on the air. He said, why didn't you just put your hands on your right. head? That was right as the moment I read and, that. And, and the, I couldn't even hide it, even though we weren't talking about it anymore. The feed were at, was asking, what is Stu so happy about? I'm not, it's not happy at all. It's the exact opposite of happy, I promise you. <laughs> Listen to the first paragraph of the story. The interview was nearly over. On the Fox News Channel last Wednesday evening, Sean Hannity was coming to an end of a segment with Indiana Congressman Mike Pence. Okay, so Sean Hannity is interviewing Mike Pence. You might recognize Sean Hannity as a staunch supporter of Donald Trump and and his policies. 
And you might recognize Mike Pence as the <laughs> vice president-elect of yes. the United States. And so, like, I think people will want to focus on the Hannity part of this because, mm-hmm. you know, Glenn and Hannity have had their battles over whatever. But forget Hannity for a second, because yeah, he's a media personality. He has very, as we do, has very little impact on your life. Okay, Sean Hannity does a show. Who cares, right? We, we do a show. Who cares? Mm. Mike Pence is the vice president of the United States in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's really significant. Interview with Sean Hannity at the end of the segment with Indiana Congressman Mike Pence, the chair of the House Republican Conference and a vociferous foe of President Obama's nearly, nearly one trillion dollar stimulus bill. Not one trillion dollars, but nearly. And was he, it was, was only vo- seven hundred eighty seven billion at the time. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. Was he vociferously against it because it wasn't one trillion dollars as it is now? <laughs> is that why he was so pissed off? This is not big enough. This is not no. nearly enough stimulus to be spending. No, that is no. no. Shockingly, oh, okay. no. Okay. Uh, he went on to <laughs> hit, you know, come of the, some of the dumb spending particular projects in the bill. Uh-huh. Uh, Hannity could not have agreed more. It is the European Socialist Act of 2009, the host said, signing off. We're counting on you to stop it, Congressman. Thank you, is what Hannity said. Is is Pence stopping it? Eight years later. Eight years later. Eight years later. He is like the chief person arguing. A trillion dollar stimulus plan. A bigger one. A bigger one. That is one of the most... I mean, because it's... you know, Hannity, My like, okay, Hannity's a media personality, one of the most visible Republican media personalities there are. If you're going to quote an interview about someone disagreeing with Barack Obama's stimulus, it's not at all surprising it would occur on Sean Hannity's show. That part of it is not mm-hmm. surprising at all. Mike Pence was an unknown nobody congressman at the time. <laughs> the fact that Mike Pence is the one that they quoted is as if they have a flux capacitor. <laughs> and they went into the future to make this as absurd as humanly possible. It's crazy. That is incredible that Pence was on the show. Because Pence wasn't even the governor of Indiana yet. He was just a, <laughs> as you pointed out, Pat, many times when we were doing the show in that era... Whatever happened to Mike Pence? Right. Pence was this big, yeah. outspoken guy. He was guy, a guy who had disappeared and for then about had, three years. And has just gone into hiding. He was not as yeah. visible as he once was. He's basically, and no offense to any other congressman, but it's like there are, there are 10 or 12 congressmen from each side of the aisle that are on TV all the time and are constantly you know, disagreeing with. And then the rest of them, to the average person, they're kind of just like unknown. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, the, a lot of people can't even name who their congressman was. When they see the name, they're like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. But most of the people don't even know who their congressman is. Mike Pence is a, was not a, a well-known congressman outside of maybe talk radio circles, kind of stemming from the fact that at one time he hosted a talk radio show. So he was kind of one of those guys that was outspoken, mm-hmm. became a congressman, and then was pretty understated and was not on television all the time. The one interview Newsweek picks to prove we've all turned into socialists is this guy disagreeing with the stimulus program of the Democratic president. Now he's the vice president-elect pushing for a a stimulus package that's bigger. If we could not prove anything, that cannot be proved clearer than that. It's it's, It's unbelievable. And but we were the sellouts. Yeah, we were the sellouts. Were the sellouts? 
I, you might remember that we were opposed then, and we are opposed now. now. And we are saying it both times. Both times We're not outwardly. Saying, you know what's great is government spending, if it's spent properly. We're not doing that. Like, you can't, I mean, don't discount this. If you improve the airports, people are going to like it. Well, is it, so? I don't know. So? I mean, that might be true. I don't, I huh. don't, but I don't care because you shouldn't be spending taxpayer dollars on that. I mean, you know, localized spending is better than federalized spending. We always argue the yes. closer it is to the people, the better the spending. Yes. However, I disagree with all of it, basically. Yeah. Like, I disagree. Like, oh, you know, a town nearby me is building this giant, um, like, rec center complex. It's basically a castle. And, yeah, you know, beautiful. and it happens a lot down here uh, in Texas. Um, and uh, will people like that? That facility? Sure. Sure. Yeah, they'll like it. It's going to yeah. be really nice. In fact, it's going to look like the part that's already built looks like a freaking upscale hotel. Okay? It, it's, it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> However, why the hell is it built? I oppose that. I oppose it on the local level. I oppose it on the state level. I oppose it when it's my favorite sports team. I oppose mm-hmm. it all the way because I don't know. I had this weird idea that this was supposed to be about something bigger than what team you're on. It's about ideas and principles. And I, you know, did I get into this to all of a sudden be against free trade? Did I get into this business so I can argue in favor of a stimulus program and, 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 and building nice new airports by the government? Is that why you listen to talk radio? And I will, to hear that? I will say it again. Oh, my God. I don't give a rat's ass about the airports. No. The airports, every airport I've been in, including... That dumpy one in New York, LaGuardia, LaGuardia. is, they're all fine. Yes, they're fine. I don't care about the damn airports. Right, when I spend- they're all fine. Not one of them have I ever gotten into an accident while taxiing down the runway. Really, the runway is more important. I care about the safety. The terminal. Right. We all care about safety. And they're all fine. There's not a single one of them I care about spending a trillion dollars on. Right. Not one. Or even all. I mean, at, in aggregate. In all seriousness. Leave it alone. Should the government and, pay for a dime to put a brand new, uh, you know, um, a Brookstone in an airport? No. Why the hell should no. they have anything to do with that at all? If Brookstone wants to do it, they can come and spend. Now, look, obviously, they, there have to be, you have certain things that need to be done by an airport. I, of course, would like all the airports to just be privatized as much as possible i understand that there are some and that that's not to say that there aren't um you know there isn't a national system of, of air traffic control and things like that i understand that there are some things that 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 you know that are part of when that. it comes to the safety the when government's the safety, involved there's part of that that's, that's what the government does is protect the safety of the people and if, in, so, in, in yes, the most limited way possible is protected yes in the most limited way possible yes like for example we talked about privatized security at airports right which i like and many airports have switched to um, at w- even in liberal areas, because they've realized how ridiculous the TSA is. But when you're is, talking but, about flight patterns and all that kind yeah, of sure, stuff. I get, we get it. There's parts of it, we right? Get it. But like putting a nice new food court in an airport is not something I want the government to spend a, a, a dime on. If these businesses want to come together and say, we'll upfront the money to build stuff, that's one thing. But I, I don't want anything to do with that. And this is, happens over and over and over and over again. I don't care um, how nice... Uh, the Taco Bell is inside of the airport. If it looks a little old, 
Well, you know, it looks a little old. If the if the tile's a little worn out that I'm walking on to the airport in the in the hour that I'm in there. Oh no. Oh freaking no. That's not a reason to spend a trillion dollars. Okay? It's not. It's the same thing with uh with schools. It's the same thing with um uh with uh, bridges. They need to be functional. They don't need to uh-huh. have all sorts of architecture. You they want architecture to on top of that? That needs to be coming from a different source. Right. You want it to be unbelievably uh beautiful as you drive by it. Hey, that's great. But you know what? I don't want to pay for that. And the fact that we all, this is what, this is what freaking Turkmenbashi does in Turkmenistan when he was alive. God rest his soul, of course. Uh, he's a dictator from the Soviet era who got the gig after the Soviet Union broke up and spent all of his people's money on giant gold statues of himself. Were they nice statues? They sure were. They were wonderful. And people said, wow, that's a nice statue of our dear leader. Was that the appropriate way to spend that money? I'm going to argue no. And when they spent a little bit extra to to make it turn uh, with the sun so it was always facing the sun uh, to rotate (laughs) during the day, I thought that was a a bad expenditure, not to mention the sun would always be in the eyes of the statue, which is a terrible idea. If anything, you'd want to face the other way the whole time, but that's just a personal preference. Point being... These are not things that government should be spending money on in the first place. And the fact that it's the Republicans now out there arguing for it is infuriating. And it's, it's really amazing to see nobody stand up and say it. Nobody. I mean, I, and they have no shame. None. They have no shame. They're, they're apparently fine arguing now for a bigger stimulus than they fought so hard against just a few years ago. Uh, why? Because the money is going to be spent differently, you believe? Yeah. First of all, it's not. It isn't. It isn't going to be spent any differently. And we all know it. Everybody knows it. I don't give a rat's ass who's president. It's not going to be spent properly because the U.S. government is not efficient enough to spend it properly. <laughs> and who's supposed to know that, Pat? Uh, the Conser- Republicans. Conservatives? Republicans? Yeah. 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 Those are the, the Republicans. Ones, right? Uh, so and and secondly, none of it should be spent at all anyway. I don't care if it all went to my airport at DFW, one trillion dollars to build the most <laughs> luxurious airport of all time. I don't care. Right. And the fact that oh, Newsweek, man, out of two hundred plus Republican congressmen, picked Mike Pence in two thousand nine. That's out awesome. Of, out of nowhere. That is awesome. To to not only just to put in the article, but to signify the wild conservative voice opposing spending yeah. is one of the most incredible coincidences or perhaps oh, maybe uh, not so much a examples of time travel or mm. perhaps maybe a larger message being sent some other way. Perhaps. But whatever it is, it's freaking perhaps. incredible. That is, I, yes. is mind blowing they went hey let's come up with a really crazy conservative congressman to put in our article to show that there are stupid people opposing the spending how about mike pence (laughs) and now here he is increasing the amount we talked about this during the campaign that it's not just uh you know hey barack obama supported a stimulus and so did uh so is donald trump it's that donald trump's stimulus was the size of barack obama's and Hillary Clinton's combined. Combined. And there's no opposition, including from many of the people who promised us during the campaign that after he won, we'd hold them accountable. Promised. Yeah. We're not going to say it now. 
It's in the middle of the campaign. We're not going to hurt our candidate. We don't want Hillary. But once he's in office, man, are we going to step up and stop this guy? We're hearing some good rumblings uh, from the Freedom Caucus that they are they're going to oppose the stimulus. We'll see. You know, I don't know. I don't have much faith in anybody at this point. But I mean, this is in freaking credible what is happening with this. The the names, the voices, the 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 people who I, I believed were so principled and believed these things and would say them no matter what. So many of them are gone. So many. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. <laughs> if, if I weren't living through it, I wouldn't believe it. Wouldn't believe it. I, I, seriously. I really wouldn't Before this it. election, even with the skepticism and the, some, at some point, cynicism of this system that I have developed over the years doing this job, I still wouldn't have believed. No way. That, that some of the people... Uh, that are now arguing for these things would ever do it. I, I, I mean, I, so man, it's a great example. Freaking crazy. We pointed this out in the campaign. It's a great, it's a great example <laughs> to not put your faith in man. Yeah, and that's I, right. I don't know who. Oh, you, that's you, a great point. You can, you can. That is great. Come point. to this conclusion in much more intelligent ways than I have. Uh, you can read various books that might be a little old that might teach you that principle. Uh, Understand old. it? It's, yeah, it's just something like old. Uh, liars. Like, no, what is that? Like a year and a half? Not even. No. I mean, it was only six months, right? Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, it came out this year, didn't wow. it? Wow. Uh, point B, it could be liars, uh, but there might be something that des- d- d- describes some liars uh, that was a little bit older. And like, you know, in, in these old timey books, Pat, sometimes mm-hmm. you learn principles. and They're not always easy, uh, easily applicable uh, in, in your life and that like you might lose sight of them hmm. and you might need a real world example to teach you that lesson again. Huh. And man, sometimes that happens. How about that? Sometimes it happens. How about that? Uh, it's Pat and Stu. We'll have uh, more coming up in a second. But first of all, how would you like to have a cell phone company that actually encourages you to say Merry Christmas? Ah, you like that? yes, I would like that. Are you allowed to say Merry Christmas when you make the calls with your cell phone company? Is that possible? Uh, um, actually, with Patriot Mobile, yeah, they're really conservative. They don't buy into all of the, you know, the phony PC crap. They don't get into any of that. So when you switch to, to Patriot Mobile, you'll get uh, you'll get the latest devices. You get all the, you know, great uh, nationwide talk and text and the high speed 4G LTE and all of that stuff. Yeah, you and, get all and then the best phones and, and all of that stuff. But you also you get five percent of your bill every month that goes to a conservative cause or organization that you believe. In. I think you just got the same email I, I did with the new offers from uh, Patriot Mobile, yes. which are kind of we're looking we're scanning it as we as we read here. You can get a free iPhone 5S or Galaxy 5S for forty five dollars a month with unlimited talk. Yeah, text, the, phone the, data plan. the phone is free. The phone is free. The phone is free, and that's why we keep talking about we you know we keep mentioning competitive prices. That's what we're talking about. Not to mention, they're going to give you 50 bucks, uh, as you see uh, behind us here. Uh, and they've got, they're going to waive the $35 activation free if you use the promo code Blaze right now. Okay, and if you're active duty military or a veteran, uh, find out how to get an additional 10% off, too. It's just awesome. Yeah, Jeff, so. you might want to do that because uh, your experience uh, fi- fighting on the Island of Spice. Uh, so you want to get that, that discount. <laughs> I've already taken advantage. Yeah. Have you really? Okay. Have you? Because yeah. if, if you have, I want to let the Patriot Mobile people know <laughs> yeah. that you've taken advantage of that offer. Oh, I know. Do oh, they know? Do they? 
Yeah. Do they uh, know? They know. Don't right, worry go about to, it. Go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Patriotmobile.com slash blaze or 877-367-7524. Do that right now while you're thinking of it. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. I'll take that. Triple eight seven two seven. Hi. Welcome. That's stupid. Can't do this today. Are you too pissed about that? I am. God, that's it's set, it's so set me incredible. off. I will say it set me off. I, well, I, the whole and well, it should. I mean, you've got all these guys, and we all know who they are. We all know who they are. We don't need to say it, <laughs> but you've got all these guys excusing every. And I don't. I can't for the life. Okay, you support him. I get that. You support Donald Trump. Do you have to excuse every policy of his that you disagree with? How? When did that come into play? I. We all criticized Bush when we didn't like things he said. We, we didn't deify the guy. It wasn't like, well, George Bush can do no wrong. I don't care about his immigration policy. I don't care about these border agents who are in prison. I don't care if he's fighting against uh, Texas to save a serial killing illegal alien. I, we all cared. And we all fought against it. But these guys for some reason, are so invested in Donald Trump, they won't even say bad things about these horrifically bad policies, like a trillion-dollar stimulus plan, which they fought their asses off against in 2008. They won't say anything about him meeting with Al Gore, which they <laughs> know they hate. Of course. One of these guys has been fighting against global warming garbage since almost before I was born. And not a word. Not a peep. It's fine. Don't even mention it. What? Why? Why? Why does he elicit such loyalty? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It. I, I don't I, know if they're on the take. I, I don't know if he's got, if he can name names. I don't know if they're just bosom lifelong buddies. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they're in love. I don't know if they worship him. I'm not. I don't know. It's so inexplicable to me. Thank you for setting me off too. Now I'm no, because really pissed I, off. Yeah, and I think the, it's 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 inexplicable. <laughs> the it's lesson inexplicable. here is, and again, I bring it back to the last point. It's our fault, I suppose, for uh, not recognizing that these weren't real principles in the first place. They just simply didn't exist. I would have never guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed it either. I would not have no guessed way. it either. No, I would never. No you way. could have not convinced me. In a million years, that especially one of them had no principles. I, I wouldn't. I would not have believed it. One of them I've been listening to for a really long time. I know. The other one I've never liked anyway, so I don't care. One of them I've listened to for a long time and thought he really believed. I don't know if we're talking about the same. Person, no, I mean, right. this is you, why there's no way to know. Not just there's about no way to know. There's no way to know. It's really not. It's, it's, it's not. There is an entire crew. I mean, Pence is a good example of this. We talked <clears> about <throat> Pence. Pence was on our list of uh, potential presidential candidates, yeah. uh, not only in 2016, but in 2012. 
We talked about Mike Pence as a I, potential candidate. I used candidate. to talk about him in 06 and 07 for running for president yeah. someday. And, and I, I would have probably voted for him in 08. Yeah. And honestly, um, without Trump's influence, I probably would have voted for him in 2016. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's how left. Seriously. He would have been acceptable to me. I, I mean, would have voted for Mike Pence. Mike Pence in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence said, hey, you know what? The free market's been sorting it all out and America keeps losing. <laughs> Mike Pence said that. What? Who are these oh, people? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, it's incredible. I mean. Again, you know what? It's it's it goes back to as everything is explained in the Princess Bride. Uh, it is not inconceivable. We just don't know. We must not know what the word means. Right. We just must right. not word that mean the word must not mean what we think it means because it keeps happening. And even the people that I thought were so rock solid are just pathetic. Not, yeah. Pathetic. And I don't know how their audience doesn't call them out on it or maybe they do i don't know maybe i don't listen enough i i i certainly don't have time to to listen to any of them but um i have from what i've seen nobody's really calling them out and saying wait a minute how can you possibly be for a trillion dollar stimulus right wait a minute how can you not be saying and let's he, say you're not for it why are you not railing against it and there's a few yeah, there are a few. Like the and, National Review, you see questioning these things all the time. And, well, and, National you know, Review, sure. They've been with us the whole time, pretty right. much. Uh, right? you know, but it's a lot of those same organizations. Yeah. I've seen, I have yet to see one concrete example, and I believe there are some, but I just have not seen them. One concrete example of someone calling out these policies on the right that was with Trump. So someone who was with Trump during the campaign and is now saying, by the way, no freaking way on that policy. I'm stopping you there. You have hey, not by the or way, have seen. I've not seen one. I now, I'm either. sure there is one. Either. But I mean, like, Maybe. for example, you've appointed Michael Flynn. Flynn is a guy who, uh, yes, he's had all sorts of bizarre uh, issues with, um, you know, kind of odd conspiracy theories, some of which are kind of explainable. Some of them aren't. You know, the, the, the Trump Trump wound up firing his son over the Pizzagate thing. So there's been some reaction to that. But I'm not even talking about that. Flynn is a Democrat. Yeah. The man is a Democrat. And, yeah. and in this president just appointed a Democrat to to run a senior position in, in the intelligence <clears throat> world. Uh, now, he's being rewarded because he was a loyalist to Trump, not because he's a conservative, because he's a loyalist to Trump. And I have not seen one Republican. Stand up and say, you know who is I'm saying Republicans that was with Trump previously, because right. many people who were against Trump have pointed this out over and over again. Wait a minute. Are you really going to appoint this guy because he endorsed you early? You're going to give a Democrat this role. Is that a, is that a wise choice? Is that a wise choice? Not because uh, the idea that, uh, you know, um, he's shown himself to show poor judgment in several different instances no they don't say that in fact they say the opposite Mm -hmm. they say the opposite they say you know michael flynn's not a bad choice michael flynn has done this and that and and this and this Uh, they they excuse it all like they have the whole time and so i don't i don't understand the hold that donald trump has over these people i i can't for the life of me figure it out he has he has that loyalty he does it's almost like a worshipful 
uh, respect and, and love and admiration for the guy. Could that be a problem in a, in a leadership role? I, I would think no. it could be well, you think uh, a cult of personality. A little is North it, Korean, it, if oh, you will. Oh, okay, that's you one know? I've never um, heard of that country. Is that a, is that a where is that? Is that uh, uh, it's, South it's America? It's on the planet. No, oh, okay. it's, uh, right. it's on the Asian right. continent. Huh. Um, I can think of some other examples in history as well where that's, uh, that is yeah, not Yeah, I can think of a few. And it doesn't usually work out all that well. Um, there was a, a problem in another Asian country. It was kind of an, an island nation off of the coast of the mainland uh, where they considered their emperor deity. And uh, that didn't seem to go really well either hmm. for a while. But, um, well, I mean, anyway, there's only one. There were a couple examples, maybe. I mean, I, it's, I mean when it's you start more... talking about island issues, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, that's why we stormed the island <laughs> so wait, we bring up the word island and you have to bring island issues now that you're talking island uh, there's another island uh, and by the way while we're on examples of cult of personalities not working out too well uh-huh. let me give you an example that might not be as incendiary uh, as some of the examples we were kind of just referencing how about i don't know 2008 united states of america how about that example yeah. you happy with that I mean, because I'm not happy with that. And a lot of liberals might say, you know, that don't like Trump are saying, oh, well, I, I liked it. I thought it came out wonderful. Good for you. Uh, how about uh, the, the way conservatives uh, thought about that? How about the way that uh, conservatives thought back in the 2009 yet again that it was a bad idea to have some sort of weird worshiping style loyalty to your presidential candidate? I mean, I, I can't I cannot. I cannot believe it. And, you know, we go into the you know, we could go into all the examples from just yesterday. Trump, again, going after a company, our largest exporter, Boeing, and saying, hey, by the way, uh, they, we should need to cancel their order. They're blowing it and they're, they're, they're screwing with it. Four billion dollars. Well, it was 170 million, not four billion. Um, even the entire project from beginning to end is only two point eight seven billion. But Boeing doesn't even have all that money. It's only in development. It's not even being built. Uh, so there's a zillion problems with that. Uh, here's the tweet. Boeing is bringing a 747 Air Force One for future presidents, but costs are out of control. More than $4 billion. Cancel order. This is 22 minutes, as Jeffy um, noted earlier, after a post where the Boeing guy came out and was critical. So he's huh. punishing a company mm. uh, for, being, uh, for being critical of him. The same thing goes on with Japan, where Trump claims responsibility for bringing $50 billion of new development money into I- the United States, um, even though this was announced months earlier. And had nothing to do with his election at all. He act, takes credit for it he as sure if it did. happened. Again, nobody calling him out on that today from the right. I don't care about the left. Of course they're going to criticize Trump, many times unfairly. But where are the people on the right saying, this is ridiculous. What is he doing? Uh, it's just not going to happen. I, I guess uh, It would be fascinating to see what some of those people that uh, you're referring to uh, say today after uh, Donald Trump... Uh, today on the Today Show, uh, admitted uh, that he consulted Obama on recommendations for people to fill his cabinet and not only has gone with one that Obama backed, but Probably says Flynn. he will be going with others that Obama supported. Okay. Good. But that's okay, too, right? Yeah, that's right. okay, too. We're reaching out to, we're reaching well out to across, across the, the aisle. Well-deserved, Pat. Oh, my gosh. Well-deserved oh uh, for this administration, oh man. Oh, my gosh. Again, you know, you hold out hope, I guess. Time uh, Magazine, It gets man harder and harder every day, though. It gets harder and harder sure every day. And, by the way, he should be Time Magazine. But, <laughs> yes, he should. Yeah, obviously. That, I mean, that's obvious. Uh, he does deserve that. Uh, I mean, for what he pulled off, mm. again, as a guy who's not a fan of him, just as kind of like a sports fan, 
uh, in which, like, I don't like LeBron James, but when he puts up 45 points, 18 assists, and 12 rebounds, I'm impressed. Sure. This is an incredible achievement. This is a reality show host who has achieved the presidency of the United States. A guy with a, with 60% of the United States can't stand him. I mean, his approval rating is 20, 30, 40% throughout the entire campaign, and he somehow won. Now, look, there's a lot of reasons for that, but, I mean, it is an incredible achievement, and I, I do not take that away. You've got to mm-hmm. give him Man of the Year. You've got to give it to him. Definitely. It's, it would have been insulting for him not to get it. More Pat and Stu's coming up in a minute. Are you, are, you, are you just tired of hearing me rant? What's Uh, the Pat and Stu Show, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Yesterday, came home and uh, my grandkids were there. I don't like to. I, I don't like to call them that because it makes me feel really old. Boy, so I like to call them my my kids' kids, my children's children were mm-hmm. there. And uh, <laughs> that's actually what grandkids are. You do realize it is, but yeah. it it just it, sounds worse when you say grandchildren because sure yeah. then that makes me a grandfather. Oh, good golly! It sure Doesn't that hurt? It hurts, yes, right? It does. Yeah. See, Father yes, Time. Over. What was it like when you were first a grandfather in 1893, <laughs> Jeffy? 1893? He was a too. great grandfather you by feel, then. You, oh, yeah. you sorry, feel old the first time you have to say grandfather. You do. Uh, wow. Anyway, so yesterday the grandkids are... That's why I waited really long to have kids, by the way. Just just for that reason. I feel like but now... like It's going to be a while before you're a grandfather. Right. I mean, my oldest kid is five. Yeah. So you figure I have... Yeah, you know, you When hope. you have kids at 21, you're a grandfather much sooner. Right. Uh, uh, so. Then when you're what forty? You, no, well, now you're forty, but you 40. had kids at thirty-five. 35 yeah. yeah. Okay. See that whole thing of uh, happiness of uh, grandkids coming over and then going back to your kids. That works if you still don't have kids at the house. Hmm. But if you still have kids mm-hmm. growing up at the house, it really. Why doesn't. would you bring that up? That's a weird thing to really bring up. What, kids work. at the house? <laughs> Adult kids at the house? Oh, you know, that too. Actually, that too. <laughs> come to think of it, and that is not the case anymore. By the way. Mm. I just <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun pressure point. Yeah, it is. It is a fun one. It's a fun one. Because for the first nine months of this year, it, w- it was a really fun pressure point. Um, <laughs> that was a whole nine months? It was nine months, yeah. Wow, why did you just hold off for the year? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, the grandkids were over yesterday. And, and when I walked in, they were watching uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Classic. And uh, I was reminded how much I hate this so Stupid, stinking show. Wow. Uh, whoa, whoa, because whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are whoa, fighting whoa. words. Go ahead. I know. Go ahead people love those this. Those are fighting words. I, first of all, I, I didn't like it even as a child because I don't like stop action, claymation, or whatever that is. Is it, is it claymation? Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't like that form of animation. Um, but, I mean, I, I acknowledge Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a classic, and we've been watching it since 1964. But it is the nastiest movie. I know that presents Santa in such a bad light. You're totally uh, right on this. Do we do we have the clip of of that one part where uh, Rudolph is Rudolph has gone to flight school? Mm-hmm. Okay, the reindeer flight school, yeah. 
all the young reindeer are gathered together and they're going to start to fly. And Rudolph is wearing a fake nose because he doesn't want anybody to know. Dad, dad, has put, right? dad has put the black tip on to hide it. Put the black tip on to hide it. because Who, He's ashamed. also a monster, by the way. <laughs> yes. right. Rudolph's dad is also is there, which There's one is not it? one good adult in this scenario. Dancer or uh, It's Blitzen? Donner, I Donner. think. Donner. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whoever his dad is, he's a monster. He's a monster. But Santa well, is, is top is down, right? Bad. At least top down, bad. Santa's a- at least is bad. Santa sets the tone for the whole organization. Yeah. It does. It's um. it's a bully organization. It's an abusive <laughs> organization. So his nose, his fake nose, pops up, uh, pops off, and he ever all the kids see that. Whoa! Whoa! What kind of freak are you with a red nose? Get away from me, red nose! And so they all start calling him Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And the instructor comes over, and I think this is where it picks up. And here's what happens. Classic. She said I'm cute. Ah! <laughs> okay, here comes the nose. About to come off. Oh, oh. He shouldn't have done this. Because he just landed. Oh, oh, oh no. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's the matter? Get away! Get away from me! You freak! What's this nonsense here, Box. After all, I'm yeah. Oh no! A kid with a red nose. They'll laugh. Okay, well that didn't get to the part where I wanted. Uh, but the guy actually, the the instructor yeah. actually says. Um, uh, Go get out! Yeah, he kicks him out. Santa comes over first, I think, and Santa says, "Ho ho ho!" Donner says to Rudolph's dad, "Dad, Donner, you should be ashamed of yourself." Yeah, for what? For creating that monster. I have a handicapped kid. And by the way, you'd think (laughs) what? You'd think it would be you should be ashamed of yourself for hiding the handicap. No, (laughs) no. it was you should be ashamed of yourself for even allowing Allowing your son to try out with that weird (laughs) handicap. That is how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Uh, and then, and then the instructor he tells them, "Okay, let's get back to to work and yeah. working here." Not you. Not you. You need to go home with your folks, and let's all agree that he can never participate in reindeer games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like obviously, we're not going to allow this 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 weird handicap kid around here again, not, right? right? We're, all, we're all together, right? Kid's got a red nose. You can't have that. It's actually to the point you where can't have it. And this happens occasionally with the older stuff. A lot of times, um, <laughs> I will, you know, like you know, when I'm putting stuff on for my kids, again, they're five and three, and so like if you're going to put on a Christmas special, you'll put it on and, and think, I don't want to put on an older one because. You know, they don't have all the, all the crazy new standards of today. I don't want. I, I want them to have something that's not going to be. They're not going to have an offensive, you know, joke or something that, you know, I don't want them to mm-hmm. learn about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Jeffy always rolls his, his eyes when you have standards for your family. <laughs> right. Uh, so because uh, he has none. Because he has none for himself, <laughs> certainly, and, and many others. But what you find is there's a lot of stuff in there in the older stuff. That's offensive in different ways. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like they're always fighting and calling each other's names and, and, and taking things from each other and hitting each other. And it's all of those, like, it's a different sort of yes. pro- set of problems, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. And, and it's like, with that, it's like, it's a lot of, like, talking back to parents and all of these things that happen in the older stuff that I don't want them to do either. <laughs> and, and you see, in, in this, I don't want... 
my son or daughter to treat people the way they treat Rudolph in this thing. Of course. And yes, it comes around in the end, and but only yeah. because he yes. achieves something great, not because they no, have no, any control. Because he, uh, only because Santa can now use. Yeah, him. you know, he needed him. Only because he saves their and ass. Don't forget top down. I mean, you talk about top down. Also, uh, Herb, uh, Herbie, yeah. The, the, yeah. the 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 elf, the dentist, uh, has to work under. Heavy pressure abuse and abuse from Santa. Abuse from the top guy. Yeah, yeah. he's terrible to him in that <laughs> movie. He's terrible. But I, I mean, love it. I so love it. I, I, I love so I posted something movie. about it last night on Facebook. You're just kind of tongue in cheek, but also there is a serious element to it. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not making some kind of sweeping that, social I still statement. Let the kids watch but people it, were, right. were so pissed. I don't know if this is the leftover trolls from Trump, but this is why I gave up posting anything for a freaking month. I didn't even I didn't even check on my Facebook, Facebook page mm-hmm. for a month. I know I was. And then to last night I people thought people were posting on my page. All right, well, I just okay, I'll do it again and see what happens. So I do, and I just do this fun tongue in cheek thing, and I just get bludgeoned again for this. I mean, really, you can't, you can't. Well, this is why I don't listen to you guys because you're sanctimonious and you're holier than that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you kidding really? me? I, I you can't. don't understand the post? See, then don't listen. Get the hell out. Yeah, get out of my life. What, what are, what are, oh, one, of, one of the things is, and it's, it's very difficult to do, but one of the things is, is don't look at the comments. I, it's I, post what possible. you want to post. I can't. I post what you want to post. Do it. Share what you want to share. That is how you should. Move on. That is how you should conduct yourself on Facebook. I will say, I am not good at a lot of things in my life, like sit-ups. But I can I can you write do, on do, Facebook you do without, that, right? without looking at those comments. I just don't care. That's the way. I mean, to go. it's not. You know, look, I appreciate everybody who goes on there, and sometimes I do see stuff that I like, and and I, I will check it occasionally. But if it gets under my skin at all, I don't even look at it. Now that having been said, uh, whatever. Uh, I just it's not, <laughs> not worth the outrage. Mind beating up on Rudolph, man. <laughs> really? Holy was God. he really? It was really that bad about Rudolph. I I didn't think so. I you know it's just it was the normal stuff. This is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer you're picking up. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I see. I know. It, is, it is classic stuff. It oh, is I lo- classic I, and stuff. And I loved it. And, and, and I, a lot of times the things I remember from my childhood loving, you just don't see the same problems. Like, I, you know, for example, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory and the, the Chocolate Factory. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I love it. But, like, the kids are so yeah. awful. And, again, the movie is designed to make the point that you shouldn't be an awful kid. Right? Yeah. right. That's the point of it. Yeah. But, like, when your kids are younger, they don't see no, that they see point the awful yet. Kid. They just see the awful kid. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to learn bad habits from it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, obviously all experts like, never turn the, f- the television on until your kids are 18. Uh, because <laughs> it's like, all right, I got it. Yeah, I get it. You're not supposed to have necessarily have your kids watching TV. But there are moments I want to share with them because I remember them. And so, like, you're going to wind up picking, like, certain scenes from movies. Like, I always show them uh, uh, the, uh, when Gene Wilder passed away a couple months ago, they were playing that clip of uh, the Pure Imagination song uh, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And it's the most innocuous scene in the world. They're just excited to eat candy and it ends. And so now, whenever we watch that movie, that's the scene I show them. And they love it because they like to see chocolate and, 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 lar- and, and I know this is similar to you here, Jeffy. They like to see large amounts of sugar. Oh, tell uh, me you, wouldn't want, you don't want to be in that room. I do, except Tell a me. river of chocolate is never something that sounds appealing to me. Uh, Especially if bodies have been in it. Uh, you know, know like people have been in it. it makes I, me, I don't really want to eat it. So? Then, you know? <laughs> I know that's, that's your theory. Uh, more Pat and Sue coming up in a minute. <laughs> 
you know, like we're changing the world with Rudolph the Red Nose. Yeah, well, it's like, calm down. It, it was like calm we were down. talking with John Ronson yesterday. It's like, you know what? If someone posts a picture you don't like, move on to the next freaking story. Move Get on. over it. Yeah. Move on. Everybody's an activist. Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. I'd like to congratulate the Obama family. Uh, we've talked a number of a uh, number of times throughout uh, throughout his tenure as president of the United States. His regime. <laughs> his regime. How can you call it? That's racist. What? They've yeah, now averaged. Uh, we figure racist. out they've averaged about ten million a year on vacations. Oh, so yeah. okay. I mean, we're up to uh, right now. It's still growing. We're over, over eighty. We're like eighty-five million. Really? Wow, that's a lot yeah. of minus. Because of course, this is their last year. And you know, the other day, that's we a little joked, bit more than I've spent on vacation. Yeah, uh, really? Yeah, in more? combined in my life. But we, we're talking yeah. about eight years now. I know. I'm talking about my entire life. That's more than. Uh, well, let's see. There was the time we went to Montana. No, yeah, that's more. That's, that's actually more than the entire state of Montana. You could purchase Montana for less than eighty-five million dollars. I mean, <laughs> one of the things is, as he said the other day, and I don't have the the exact quote in front of me, how he was going to look forward to sleeping and taking a vacation after he got out of office, being done for. Think of that, eighty million dollars. Are you uh, what? Right. I mean, you, you spend, I mean, I will say this. Um, I know. It's working. I well, got, first of all, you're the president. You never really have a full day off, obviously. I but, I mean, separate from that, that's part of his gig and what he signed up for. Uh, the $80 million number is obviously inflated. It's got to be low, too. Uh, no, you think it's inflated? Uh, no, it's inflated from the perspective of many of the things he would not choose to spend the money on oh, yeah, if he yeah, were okay. not president. Right, gotcha. You know, security costs and things like that. Mm-hmm. However, with this president, it does appear that many of the things fall into the other category as well. Like when you know every dime yes. of your vacation is going to be paid for, you might stay at a particular place, you might, mm-hmm. you might upgrade here and there, you might pick things to do that you might not otherwise do. Look, probably half that money is just security and logistics and everything else, but still... Still Come a lot on. of money left over, right? I mean, I, and I think... On top of which, he's going... You know, I get the whole, uh, you know, maybe we take the family to uh, Hawaii for a year. I mean, they've pretty much gone every year to Hawaii over Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's his um, home state, though. I mean, it's, you know, it's where he's from. I mean, I'm not... I, I, I don't... He's from... A Saskatchewan. Oh, he's from that is, <laughs> which is well, one's going to Saskatchewan in the middle of the winter, though. <laughs> right? That's the problem uh, with that. Yes, I, I've been trying to think though. I, have I spent in? I know, if you combine I mean, all vacations I mean, I've, I've taken, spent a dollar in my whole life. I, I, I mean, I don't even, and that includes family vacations to Disneyland Half and Disney World. Oh, nowhere near. Nowhere oh, near. Oh my God. I mean, I'm just I'm throwing it. I, I don't, think I don't know. I'm trying, trying to guess. It's somewhere between fifty and a hundred, probably. Yeah. For my Does whole I mean, life. What is a what is a you know family of for you sixty one uh, <laughs> to go to Disney World? What does that cost? I mean, oh seriously, gosh. what's a family that's, vacation? That's to Disney where World the cost? huge yeah. expense. Ten thousand dollars, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never yeah, done about it, that. but I mean, it's pretty expensive. I mean, it we is. Were, yeah, we were thinking about going. I think everything included travel and hotel. Stay, stay at Disney. It's at least uh, three or four for us, I think. 
Just for uh, for four, four people for four, yeah, yeah. And if you do it at a nice place, or if you, certainly yeah. if you stay, I mean, looking at five anyway, right? At for the everybody. park, you're going to pay. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a lot of money, especially lot. like if you, if you're like, the average household brings in what fifty thousand, fifty three thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Wait, after what? Two, not you, Jeff. You said the average. What'd you say? You're well below average. No, no kidding. I got it. You uh, bring fifty three dollars a year. Is Nobody it about that? Yeah, and you're overpaying. Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. I like this little battle. Uh, We got uh, a really nice uh, uh, Stu segment coming up here. Wonderful world of uh, Stu. This one's actually really cool. A lot of people, uh, yeah, it's a really cool interview. Last week or Uh, when did this happen? Yes, it happened last week. It's... um, I don't don't want to talk about it too much. Just give you the topic. Uh, The Nazi Titanic. Sounds really good. It's... An awesome story, okay. a great book, and uh, we talked to the author of Don't it. Don't spoil we'll, it. We'll Nobody's seen it yet. But I'm really pissed off. I'm really pissed <laughs> off about this, uh, uh, about the Weather Channel. I hate the Weather Channel. I, these guys are climate change douchebags. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I it, it, one of them was, was it an anchor? Do you remember this a couple of years ago? She was saying, maybe it was last year or yeah. year before. Say people should Heidi be put Cullen. in jail over it. I mean, if Heidi you Cullen. if you're a denier, you go to jail. I believe she was the one who was saying uh, only Pat that they uh, get removed from the American Meteorological Association um, uh, or society. Is it society? Oh, good golly! I'm getting the, the associations yes. and societies confused. Um, but yeah, she was actually advocating that they essentially not be allowed to be meteorologists. I think the guy you're talking about from another climate website who's saying they needed to go to prison. Okay, maybe. Uh, but maybe. whatever. I mean, we can all unite. Is something bad needs to happen to all of them? Yes. Um, so anyway, you know we're not Breitbart fans, but Breitbart uh, columnist James Dellingpole ran a. Uh, I like weather. Channel. Channel. I don't know him, but I mean, I like some of the stuff he's written over the years. He ran a Weather Channel video, and he's just showing that climate change isn't real. And the so the cable stand, so the Weather Channel goes crazy, and they uh, posted this note to Breitbart: Earth is not cooling, climate change is real, and please stop yeah. using our video to mislead Americans. Well, what's the evidence? Uh, they never present any. The Earth is not. So you just say the Earth is not cooling, and that means it's not cooling. First of all, it has not been warming for about 20 years, and almost every measurement agrees with that. Now, the satellite photos, the satellite temperatures showed cooling this last year. Um, In fact, pretty significant cooling in the past year. Uh, But I'm sure they'll come up with surface temperatures that are hotter than they've ever been in the history of the world because they do it every year. And they, they've got this down to a science where they know where to place these things. They manipulate data. 
they change data from the past and make it uh, cooler than it was so it looks hotter now. I mean, they do all these tricks to make it look like like we're in some sort of catastrophic situation. And Breitbart was just ar- arguing the fact that global land temperatures have plummeted by one degree Celsius since the middle of the year, which is what the satellite uh, temperature showed. Um, and and now the Weather Channel is going is going crazy over it. Right. Like, I mean, what happened was, I guess, because of a content sharing um, situation, um, <clears throat> Breitbart was able to legally use the Weather Channel um, video. And what they put around it was like so the Weather Channel didn't say, well, no, the Earth is not cooling in the video. They just made a point, a, a, an observation about the data. Which then Breitbart used to make their point, which was, hey, it's global warming isn't that big of a deal. It's been cooling. Um, so they didn't say the Weather Channel said that. They just said, uh, mm-hmm. here is our point. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was a Breitbart person who just had the video and, and used it to make their point, and that's what the Weather Channel didn't like. They didn't they didn't say that the Breitbart misreported the sentences they said inside the the uh the video they actually they actually put the video on the in the story they just didn't like the idea that they uh, took conclusions that were different from what they believe and by the way this comes at a time when 25 climate scientists have written new papers uh confirming a stable modern climate fewer intense storms hurricanes fewer droughts fewer floods fewer fires that's pretty much the opposite of what we're continually told. Because if when you go to the when you go to the fact that we haven't had a major hurricane in 11 years, not one major hurricane has made landfall in the United States in 11 years, not since uh, you know Katrina. Um, you go to that fact. Well, they then they say, well, wh- wh- there's floods, fires, and, and droughts are out of control, and the fact is they're not. None of those things are true. They're all either stable and, in some cases, uh, actually decreasing. decreasing. And, like, tornadoes? Yeah, tornadoes, uh, tornadic activity is the lowest it's been in the last decade at least. And they say it may go back even further than that. Uh, hurricanes, obviously, have been obviously uh, down considerably. Um, you know, droughts, and, and fi- you hear a lot about droughts these days, but the uh, average <laughs> land area in a drought has actually completely been stable over the past, you know, half century. Um, you know, uh, really, we, I mean, we've I shown you these charts to and, prove their point. And I, don't think, I really don't. I and mean, we have them handy anymore. It's been a while since we first showed you. But, I mean, like, you look at all of these things, all of them, and there is just nothing to it. No. Now, that does not mean that the Earth has not warmed, you know, uh, half a degree to a degree. Um, we've talked about that many measure. times. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't... In the it's last 100 of, years, it's, it's, it's the not the de- gone up a little bit. Yeah, the debate is oh, not no. necessarily... I mean, because, you know, we do actually have pretty good measurements, um, and satellites are the ones that you would depend on. They have the, the most accurate and obviously the best technology to, 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 to measure the temperature. They have showed less warming, so they're less... Uh, they're not um, typically uh, as uh, highly cited as the surface stations and uh, other measures of temperature. Which, which is kind of amazing because you'd think the other opposite would be true. Um, you know, if uh, mm-hmm. you know, we came up with satellites to measure temperature, and it's a much easier way to get an actual average global temperature because obviously most of the temperature um, uh, surface station uh, locations are on land. Well, I don't know if people have noticed it. There's a, there's some areas that aren't land on the globe. What? Yeah, several. Are you kidding? There's, yeah, there's a lake somewhere. Mm. There's a huge puddle oh, uh, in, like in, to, in the like Walmart parking lot right now. I'd like right to now. see the lake sometime. 
That yeah, would be, I mean, that would be incredible. It's just you know, there's only one. So, <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of o- ocean area that is not. You know, the the temperature in that location is never measured. Uh, you know, they're all clustered in not only in uh, on land, but in on land of um, developed countries, largely. Based on everything we're told, what would you say is the most frequent major tornado year? we've had in the last 40 years if uh i mean you'd think you'd think it'd be really recent last five years for sure yeah 1973 1973 when we had about 130 major that's ef3 and higher uh tornadoes um this year we had uh 20 20 this past which one now which one is bigger 20 or 100 and uh jeffy uh can you do that math Uh, because i is 130 greater than 20, or is 20 greater than 130? Um, I'm confused. Yeah, we can't figure it out. You know, so they might, be right. they might be right. They might be right. I mean, the last time it was even higher than, uh, let's see, that went to 60, 70, 80, about 82 in 2011. There were 82. Still not as high as 1973. And in between, there were much lower years. Uh, so... Tornadoes is another thing they, they use all the time because there are a lot of tornadoes. We get hundreds of them a year. But that's normal. That happens. We don't want them, but they happen. And so because they're, they're fairly frequent and they make the news when they, when they hit you know, a populated area, you, you think, well, okay, yeah, we must be hit, getting hit with them all the time. But we're not. I mean, there are hundreds, 483, I think, uh, yeah, four, okay, the year finished with 481 tornadoes, EF1 or greater. And that's the fourth year in a row it's been below average. Fourth year in a row, that's below average. So even at a Category 1 and above, we've had less. So Yeah, and, and by the way, the Category 1 stuff is not, is not very well measured going back in time. Um, the issue with looking at overall number of tornadoes going back in history is that back in history, they did not detect ones and twos all that often. In, in, in 1875, uh, if a hurricane, if a, a EF1 tornado went through a field and did no damage, no one reported it. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the detection um, ability. That's why they talk, constantly talk about EF3s and higher, because, you know, an EF3 pretty much is hard to, to miss. Um, you know, it'll, it'll do something pretty significant almost every time. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, many liberals have intentionally used the EF1 and above numbers because they know that it's going to help their their ability to uh, project to the audience uh, a huge increase due to global warming when it's patently ridiculous to measure them, um, measure uh, small tornadoes that just didn't go detected often back in those days. I mean, I, well, of course not. Right. Uh, it's no knock on the people of 1879. I mean, it just, they just wasn't didn't no have priority. really great technology back then. Right. And it's so it's, it's like not adjusting something for inflation. It's that bad. Yeah. You know, it's like, obviously, you know that this is the wrong thing to do. You're doing it because you want to fool your audience uh, into something that's, uh, you know, not true. And it's pathetic. Jeffy? We were, I was just saying we were asking a question here on the feed. And while it sets a bad precedent, it does uh, lend itself to interesting thought. Uh, can the entire channel be inducted into the hall? 
Oh, wow. Oh. What a const- that's a great constitutional argument. That sure yeah. is. Um, and I, I, to me, my belief is no. Like, for example, yeah. uh, time person of the year is uh, the people. It's no. kind of a, it's kind of a cop it, it, out. It's a cop out. Right. Um, so I think we have to use good, It's a good thought. It's a good thought. It is a good it's thought. A good thought. These are good constitutional discussions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So your uh, wonderful world of, of stew yeah. interview. You want to talk about uh, Nazi Titanic? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazi Titanic. Do um, you need to say more than that to get you interested? It's the freaking Titanic and Nazis. Wow. Well, it's actually not the Titanic, but the Nazis had their own version of one. Watch. Interrupt this program to bring you. We return you now to your regular program. You know you work for Glenn Beck when your Kindle is 99% filled with books, including the word Nazi in the title. Just one of the many strange perks of the job. The Nazis are an endless source of atrocious and strange history. One of the most bizarre Nazi stories involves one of the worst maritime disasters in history. Here to explain is the author of The Nazi Titanic, Dr. Robert Watson. Uh, Doctor, thanks for coming on the program. My pleasure, Stu. Thanks for the interest. This is an incredible story. I, I cannot believe there hasn't been 12 movies made about this story. Um, and your book is, it tells a fascinating tale about this ship that really kind of went through three distinct phases in its life. Can you talk about how it started? Yeah. So at the end of World War One, the uh, Germany was devastated, of course, not only from the war, but economic ruin. But the Germans loved their ships. And almost all their ships were either sunk or confiscated by the victors. So what the Germans did after the war was they decided to build the world's greatest ship. Uh, the companies Blum and Voss and Hamburg South America, both companies still operate out of Hamburg today. They decided they would make a new Titanic. So they even studied the Titanic for design flaws. They reinforced the hull, put more lifeboats on it, for example. And in 1927, they launched this ship. It was called the Cap Arcona, named for Cape Arcone, which is a cape in north central Germany on the southern Baltic coast. And it was the finest, most celebrated ship afloat. It made 93 transatlantic crossings. Wherever it went to port, people would line up like it was a red carpet to see this famous Nazi Titanic. Uh, A-list actors like Clark Gable sailed on it, monarchs from around the world. So this, uh, this ship was quite something in the 20s and 30s. Okay, so Cap Arcona, obviously, World War II breaks out, and Uh there's not as much time for vacations anymore. (laughs) So it really kind of takes on a whole new life cycle. What's next? It does. So in 1939, the Nazis invaded Poland, and uh, the port of Gdynia, which is on the north Polish coast, the Germans changed the name to Gottenhofen. And there they sent the ship, and they took all the fancy Persian carpets and chandeliers and gold, and they took all the uh, luxuries out of it. And it sat rusting, and it was used as a floating naval training barracks and a, uh, uh, a cadet school, if you will, like, like a dorm for cadets. And there it sat obscure until the year 1942, when something absolutely nuts happened. Hitler has the secret meeting with Joseph Goebbels. And Hitler says to Goebbels, the war is going poorly by 1942. Thank God for us. Ultimately, they came up with the idea. They would make the world's most dastardly epic propaganda film. And it would make the world hate the Allies 
and loved the Nazis. And the movie they decided to make, the mother of all movies, was going to be the Titanic. Only they were going to make the Nazi Titanic. And they had a star for the movie, the ship, the Nazi Titanic. It's amazing. Even as they were seemingly hours away from losing this war, they kept going back to this well over and over and over again, thinking they could essentially entertainment themselves out of this crisis. It's really fascinating. You're absolutely right. You know, here they are in the midst of a war, and yet Hitler and Goebbels would reassign entire military units to be extras for a movie. They assigned some of their best engineers not to armament production, but to designing sets for movies. Hitler and Goebbels and their crew would sit up at night and watch back to back to back three Hollywood movies. In fact, as best as I could tell, the three movies they watched the most, King Kong, Gone with the Wind, and you're not going to believe this, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Hitler loved it. It made him cry. They would watch the movie over and over and over. No way. Wait a minute. You're telling me. You're telling me Hitler, Goebbels, and all the big aides are sitting around watching Snow White together? Yeah, Walt Disney, Snow White. Well, if you remember, uh, I have kids, so I watched it several years ago with my kids a hundred times. Snow White, I think it took place in uh, Black Forest, and Snow White was a German maiden. So that was their favorite movie. They watched it all the time. So Hitler tells Goebbels to stop making these ham-fisted, juvenile, obvious propaganda movies he wants them to make an action romance drama, the trifecta, the hat trick. And he wants it to be like uh, Casablanca. So that's when they redo the Titanic. So long before James Cameron's epic Titanic with DiCaprio, there was an epic Nazi Titanic propaganda film. And how was it received by the Nazis? Well, this was the movie to end all movies. It was supposed to be the mother of all films. Joseph Goebbels said, Goebbels said it would be the greatest movie ever made. Hitler intended for it to change the very course of the war. And Hitler and Goebbels also were so ambitious that uh, they had another objective for the movie. And that was this, because Hollywood made the world's best movies. And Hitler and Goebbels said that to their horror, they realized that most of the directors, producers, cinematographers, actors were Jewish. They wanted to declare a new war against Jewish Hollywood, quote unquote. So this movie was going to help them launch what they called Hollywood on the Rhine. So Goebbels sits down and watches this movie and he's horrified. Why? The director was supposed to put all this Nazi propaganda into the movie. He did. But guess what else he did? He put anti-Nazi propaganda. The movie is basically a story about a fanatical captain, Hitler, who leads his innocent people, the people of Germany, on a ship into an iceberg, read World War II. So Goebbels orders all copies of the film destroyed, banned. Fortunately, some pirated copies made it to Prague and to Paris. And today we still have copies of this movie and you can watch it with the English subtitles. That's incredible, incredible. The ship is done with the movie now. Uh, what happens next? So a couple of things happened, but to cut to the, to the most gruesome part, in 1945, in the spring of 45, Hitler issues his infamous liquidation decree. He wants all folks in the concentration camps killed, the camps destroyed, the papers destroyed, doesn't want any evidence. So uh, while he's doing that, Heinrich Himmler, who is the head of the Gestapo, the SS, he contacts concentration camp commandants and he countermands Hitler's order. Shockingly, mm. he says, don't kill everyone. Instead, just don't let them fall into enemy hands. So what Heinrich Himmler wants 
He instructs concentration camp, camp commandants to march tens of thousands of Holocaust survivors all the way north to the Baltic coast. And there, he wants them to load up on a ship. And what ship does he pick? Of course, the Nazi Titanic, the pride of the Third Reich, Hitler's favorite ship. Now, why does he order all these folks on the ship? Heinrich Himmler wants to get on the ship with them. He's so delusional that he believes he can sail the ship to London, meet with Churchill, General Montgomery, or Ike, and he wants to exchange all these prisoners for his own life. From his bunker uh, deep underground in Berlin, the Fuhrer Adolf Hitler hears and learns that Himmler's cutting a deal. So Hitler sends two assassins, not one but two, uh, famous German air aces. He sends both these guys to kill Himmler. So Himmler changes his uniform, makes a fake ID, and goes on the run for his life. Hitler kills himself. Joseph Goebbels kills himself in the bunker uh, April 30th, uh, uh, 45. So the ship's sitting there. So there's two Nazis at the coast of the Baltic coast. A guy named Karl Kaufmann, with a K and a K, he's the top Nazi party official, and a Gestapo official named Count George von Basewitz Bear. These two guys say, what are we going to do? We're out of food. The British are closing in. We've got thousands of people piled up at the port. We don't want all these prisoners here. They're dying hundreds and thousands by day. We got thousands on board this Nazi Titanic where they're dying by day. So they come up with a plan. Let's put everyone on the ship. Let's take all the lifeboats and life jackets off the ship. Let's fill the ship with fuel. And right when we have to surrender, let's blow the ship up and sink it. We will therefore scuttle the ship and deny the Allies from getting Hitler's favorite ship. Uh, we will destroy all evidence of the Holocaust and the world will forget the Titanic because it will always remember the Nazi Titanic because so many more people will die on board. That's the plan. Right when they're ready to execute the plan, British special forces hit the Baltic coast, the Bay of Lubeck and the town of Neustadt, N-E-U-S-T-A-D-T. It's the British 6th Commando. It's a special forces unit, and the strike was called in by an intelligence officer named Ian Fleming, who would go on to write the James Bond novels. So the British make quick work of the Nazis, and as they're liberating the port, a lot of people at the port are yelling, you've got to go out to that giant ship, which was floating three kilometers off the coast. The Nazi Titanic was so big, it couldn't even anchor. It couldn't dock. It had to drop anchor way out three kilometers. So while they're negotiating the end of the war and the British are looking out at the ship, figuring, OK, we need to go out and rescue these folks. But first, the Nazis have to sign the peace. They hear this deafening roar. They look upward and the sky blackens from six entire squadrons of British bombers. They fly into the Baltic and they target. They open up on the Nazi Titanic. Mm -hmm. They blow the ship out of the water. It creates such a concussion blast that it knocks people over three kilometers away. Remember, this is a ship the size of the Titanic, filled with fuel, hit by not one, two, three, but six squadrons, not six planes, six squadrons. Each squadron was flying about eight or nine planes. Uh, it blows the ship out of the water. The ship comes down, starts sinking. Thousands die instantly. Thousands are blown into the water. These are Holocaust prisoners who survived the camps. They survived the death march to the Baltic, and they survived days on board without food or water. This is the single bloodiest hour of the entire Holocaust. It's the world's worst instance of friendly fire, because it was the British Royal Air Force. 
It's the, the history's most tragic maritime disaster and the last incident of World War II, all rolled up in one. The British were so horrified at what they did when they realized that they killed thousands and thousands and thousands of Holocaust prisoners that they ordered all the papers, the military reports, the photographs, everything sealed and classified top secret. They put it in the basement of the Royal Archives in London, and there it was to be classified as top secret until the year 2045, making it a 100-year secret. Wow. I, you're not going to believe this when I tell this to you, but we are just scratching the surface of what is in this book. It's incredible detail, and the story, as you can tell, is one of the most amazing you're ever going to hear in history. Dr. Robert Watson, an amazing story. Thanks so much for writing this book and coming on the program. Thanks, Stu. It's my pleasure. Isn't that, wow. like, seriously one of the most incredible stories you've and ever horrifying. heard? Horrifying. I know. It's awful. Has it, really, it had three Jeez. real acts in it, in which you have, you know, kind of the beginning, where it's this great achievement. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it goes on to this bizarre movie history, where they think they're making the actual mm-hmm. Titanic movie, and, and, like, they're making this great, you know, typical Nazi propaganda, and then ends in horror, absolute abject horror. How, if it was supposed to be classified for 100 years, how... This happened that we know about it. I'm trying to think if we, if we cover that or not. I know um, maybe. Well, you just scratched the surface of the book, Stu. So maybe you could, you know, dig a little bit deeper and let us know. <laughs> you know, we should really do a segment every day, Pat, <laughs> in which we take segments from Jeffy's stupid radio show and uh, and, and pick them apart <laughs> from make the mistakes that he. That's makes. a really good idea, actually. That's a good idea. Mm. I will be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Triple eight seven two seven. Uh, you want to be prepared for uh, disaster, if disaster strikes. And, you know, sometimes they're just little disasters. Sometimes they're bigger ones. Sometimes, you know, uh, a weather event will happen. You'll be down for three days and the stores will be closed. Uh, an- another time, it might be a week. You know, you might lose your job for a while. There are all kinds of things, you know, besides huge terror strikes or national disasters. Yeah, sometimes you just work with someone horrible. Uh, like every day. Uh, in our case, uh, but anyway, when you have really no terrible, thi- <laughs> when you have terrible things that happen to you um, or can happen to your family, you need to be prepared for them. Mm-hmm. No one wants to think about this stuff. No one wants to think about having to use insurance policies. But that's kind of what this is. It's a it's an insurance policy for your family to be able to eat, uh, and you can take control and ensure you have a long term emergency food supply on hand for you and your family with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply will get you prepared. Four weeks of really great food, easy to prepare food for $99. Not a bunch of buckets, not a bunch of wheat that you got to hand grind if anything bad happens. No, it's all it's there. You add water, you warm it up a little bit, and it's delicious. Yep. If, and it lasts up to 25 years. $99 for a four-week supply. Not bad. 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. It's a great deal. It's an entire month of food for you. And you can pick up a couple for your family as well. Preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800 600 1645. 
the uh, 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. A day that will live in infamy, and it certainly has. Uh, December 7th, yeah. 1941. A lot of uh, things uh, people say don't wind up panning out. That one did. That it did live really in did. It really did. Yeah. They actually called that one really well. <laughs> he called that well. Mm. Uh, or the people who wrote that speech for him did, at least. The, uh, today is that day, and uh, it left 2,403 Americans dead. Of course, propelled the country into World War II. Just a... Like we said the other day, it was just a sunny day, just a beautiful morning, uh, five minutes to eight. Uh, by the time the attacks on Pearl Harbor and other military bases were over, 21 ships were sunk or damaged, and more than 300 aircraft damaged or destroyed. 4,000 people are expected to attend a commemoration ceremony at Pearl Harbor. Uh, and then, I think we mentioned this the other day, too, Japanese Prime Minister uh, Shinzo Abe, will uh, not attend the ceremony, but will visit Pearl Harbor with Obama at the end of December. And that'll be the first time that's ever happened, which is kind of interesting. So, Yeah, get a second time. They were there on December <laughs> Yes, right, right, uh, yes. Although not the leader. The, no. the dear leader was... Uh, no, was he, sent, he sent some, some people. Yeah. Uh, we must never repeat the tragedy of the war, he said. I would like to send this commitment. At the same time, I would like to send a message of reconciliation between Japan and the U.S. That's all. I mean, that's nice. No, yeah, totally. I, I wouldn't expect any more than that. I wouldn't no. expect them to apologize because it's, people are always asking us to apologize F you. It's it's also no. war. You know, I mean, it's a war. Uh, it's it's war, and like I, yeah. you know, I don't expect them to apologize. You know, I, it's, no, it's not what you do. We're not going to apologize. Uh, at least I hope not for for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh. We certainly shouldn't. I wonder if we'll, apo- we'll apologize for will? Iraq now that we have Trump as president. What he would because he, I mean, he keeps saying it's the worst. De- it's the worst right. decision that's been done in a century. Right. Uh, you wonder if he's going to apologize for that. It wouldn't surprise me. Total I mean, disaster, total waste of time. Would really anything that guy does surprise you? No. It's a good point. I yeah. probably should just ask, stop asking about it. Right. Uh, we have some footage, though, from Pearl Harbor from back in the day. The actual uh, day? Yeah, I guess wow. uh, from, uh, I don't know where, where So we're not going to see the, the beautiful show. Hollywood uh, movie. With, no, uh, no. But Jennifer Garner is not in this and Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale. God, they were both in that? Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good twosome, right? How do you, I mean, you're like, how can we make uh, one of the most tragic days in American history more tolerable? Well, there's a way. Kate Beckinsale and Jennifer <laughs> uh, Garner. Yeah, yeah that'll it work. It worked. Uh, here is, uh, however, the non-Kate Beckinsale uh, version of uh, Pearl Harbor. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The facts of yesterday and today speak for themselves. With confidence in our armed forces, with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. I ask that the Congress declare 
that since the unprovoked and dastardly attack by Japan on Sunday, December 7, 1941, a state of war has existed between the United States and the Japanese Empire. Wow. Mm. Pretty powerful stuff. And that was the next day. Next yeah. day. Yeah. The uh, next day. We, we didn't wait on that one. No, we did not. I was going to say, what was the October 7th we went to war on about September 11th? It took almost a month before wow. we, went, we went against Afghanistan. In 1941, things happened a little quicker. Mm. And, and I, the last time America's ever declared war, I believe. Uh, I don't think we did in Korea, right? That was a U.N. operation. Um, and, and Vietnam, we certainly didn't. We haven't in Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, so I, I think that was the last time we ever declared war on a nation. Pretty amazing. And we did it right that time. We, we, when we yeah, went to we war, be, yeah, we that. went to war to, to finish it. It's interesting, too, his confidence and his, uh, his positivity there in the message that we yes. would prevail. I mean, there was no indication of that at the beginning. There was, we, we had just had our fleet in the, in the Pacific virtually eliminated uh, and we were not up to speed to to get on war footing immediately and fight against powers like uh, Japan and Germany. And so the fact that we did all that it, it is pretty miraculous. It was it was a pr- pretty amazing time in in our history. And you and, know, I mean, this is how you get the uh, the name, the greatest generation. Yeah, right? <laughs> when, that's right. When you pull stuff like that off, that's right. And you get that name, and they did, and it uh, makes you proud. Well deserved. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's it's amazing to look back at that. I mean, and you think about it too. Really, it's the less threatening part of the war. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you go back and you look at that, and, and Japan, I think, in, a, in many ways, gets uh, underrated as a threat in the war because of the fact the Nazis were so bad and all the terrible things they did. But it's like, I mean, Japan's the one that actually attacked us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, they were they awful. Were what awful. they did to the Chinese was oh my god unthinkable glenn was talking about on the radio today killed millions having beheading contests yeah it was uh they they were absolutely brutal through that yeah um and you know the nazis have you know have their own horrific part of history but it is true that like for at some level the japanese is overlooked because of just how the scale of what the nazis did uh, but they both deserve, uh, you know, the uh, real scrutiny. Um, and, you know, looking at, uh, you go back and uh, look at this. We, I think, you know, we didn't want to go to war. Uh, many people in the, the country as a whole did not want to go to war, even with the Nazis doing what they were doing. And mm-hmm. we didn't know all the details at the time, but we didn't want to get jump in the middle of that. I mean, we were holding our government back, really, until Pearl Harbor. Right. And if they didn't, you know, you wonder if they didn't, you know, go after Pearl Harbor, would the thing have been completely different? Would we have waited so long that the Nazis were not able to be stopped? I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah, it is. If they have held back for another year and yeah. didn't do anything aggressive towards us, we may have never jumped in. Who knows? Um, but obviously after that, there's no question. So thank you to all our veterans, to everybody who have put their lives on the line for our, I mean, You're a, welcome. our real veterans. You're welcome. Your oh, patents too coming up. In a so second. not like Jeffy. You not said like our real Jeffy. veterans? I said real ones. Ones that actually have yes. served the country? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Again, so, you're welcome. No, no, yeah, no, we said real not veterans. Not, not, not real. people who are executing stolen valor. Right. Uh, it's the way they, that's usually the way they frame it when you go to court for it. That's, uh,
always pisses me off. This is one of my pet peeves. Uh, there's a legal reason why public Christmas displays often feature at least one reindeer. You know why? I do not. The Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Because when you put, like, let's say you put a nativity scene mm-hmm. in a public square, mm-hmm. what does that do? It's, it's That's obviously Congress making a law <laughs> Wait, but- that establishes a religion. And you can't do that. <laughs> That's not what that is, Pat, <laughs> at all. No! That's what I've been trying to say! I, I this pisses me off in every instance. Uh, okay, a courthouse can uh, can a courthouse or a public park feature a nativity scene? According to the Supreme Court, maybe not, or at least not unless it includes a menorah and a plastic reindeer too. In the 1984 case of Lynch versus Donnelly, court established a precedent, and that, of course, is what we go by now. We. We yeah, go we by a precedent yes. that somebody yes. else came from. Don't worry about the Constitution. That's got nothing to do with this anymore. It's some other case. So it, it, it's pathetic decision on pathetic yeah, decision. It's all case law. It just drives yeah. me out of my mind. Um, so it became no, known as the reindeer rule, legal standard that has governed public displays of holiday cheer ever since. Case hinged on a Rhode Island display that was owned by the city. Uh, the display is sponsored by the city to celebrate the holiday recognized by Congress and national tradition, and to depict the origins of that holiday. These are legitimate secular purposes. Whatever benefit to one faith or religion or to all religions, inclusion of the creche in the display effects is indirect, remote, and incidental, and is no more an advancement or uh, endorsement of religion than the congressional and executive recognition of the origins of Christmas or the exhibition of religion, blah, 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 blah. So it's this huge explanation where they decided that if you just put the secular reindeer in there, right, it that negates the a... religion thing. It's so, so asinine. It, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. Have you ever been to, Pat, uh, um, a reindeer, by the way, uh, a nativity set without a reindeer is not Congress establishing a law. To establish, I, I totally agree. One hundred percent, you're right. Um, in addition to that, uh, you ever been to like one of those areas of the United States where it's r- like not? It's the culture is so different, you almost don't even know you're in the United States. I, Little Havana is a good example of that uh, near Miami, where like it is mm. legitimately mm. just another country for a few blocks. Like mm-hmm. the the signs are all in different languages. No one speaks. Yeah, Chinatown, but like, like many that. people don't mm-hmm. speak English. Chinatown's another example. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, there's a lot of places like this around the country, and I think honestly, they're you know, it's cool. I mean, there's mm-hmm. cool that you have these little like nooks of, of like different cultures and things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like, if you went to, let's say, uh, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, and you went to a heavily Islamic area, and you went to the town hall in that area, and they had uh, a Ramadan display and not a Christian display, are you? Would you be protesting? I would. Oh, I, would I would burst into flames. Yes. I'd act, actually I'd spontaneously be, combust. Yes. Really? You would be that upset? <laughs> if we were walking, around, all, we were walking right? around there, and you saw I, that you wouldn't come back with other friends and just march care. and carry signs. No, if you went to a heavily Care. If you went to a heavily Jewish area, which there are and many in the there are, States. and you do, and, and you they have see a just it, just respect, and, and not not any That's Christian nice. trappings. That's would you, fun. Would you? But all oppose yes. it? Nope. No, no, 
not, not at all. It's, it's so ludicrous. It's just so stupid, not. and it's got nothing to do with the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, um, it's got it, nothing to do with. How it. much time do we have? Three minutes. Yeah, we, you yeah. want to do the? Because I was going to say, let me, let me give you one. What's that? Uh, okay, you, you want to trail another? I was going to give you one other thing on this right. uh, particular uh, angle we're going now, because it's so patently ridiculous, and it's one of those things where um, you. You see the the transparency of these people when you actually drill down a little bit, and it has to do with um, uh, the uh, here is this it? Of course, I'm finding every other email from these people, um, but it goes into the list of things, and it goes to these um, atheist groups that instead of uh, going and protesting things like this. Where are they when and there's an Islamic display? Where are they when there's mm-hmm. a Jewish display? Where I mean, an Islamic display is a great example because of the fact that they almost they'll overtly tell you the reason they do it, don't do it is because they're actually scared uh, of the repercussions from Islamic extremists when mm-hmm. they don't care because Christians never do anything about it and Mormons never do anything about it. So they don't. I mean, not to separate the groups, but I'm just saying that in, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the. Um, uh, the stupid play was, was right. in my head, but specifically, right. uh, uh, the, you know, the, the dumb uh, South Park Book thing. Of Mormon but, play. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's not that, there's not that reaction, so they don't care. Right. Um, but like, isn't that just? I don't know. What's the word? Cowardly. Yes. Right. Like, if yes, you actually care about these things, then come yeah, on, criticize all the groups. Yeah. Go out and protest uh, the yeah. Islamic, uh, the Islamic displays. <sighs> Do but, it. Yeah, but and the reason we don't do anything is because we're. I, I guess we're trying to be loving. We're trying to be inclusive. We're trying to be. Uh, we've, and I think we've been somewhat convinced that. Well, yeah, that is true because the Constitution does say you can't offend anybody else's sensibilities on religion. No, no, it doesn't say that. No, it doesn't say that. It must. No, it doesn't. I mean, should we directly try to offend people's sensibilities? No, but the vast majority of us are Christians, so there's nothing wrong with showing Christian displays, and there's no guarantee of equal space in these things. When Satanists show up and say, well, we need to have a Satan display there, too, because you've got a nativity. No, you don't. No. I'm sorry, no. We're not going to. So shut up and get out. That's, that's what you tell Oh, them. wow, that seems hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay to hurt their feelings sometimes. No. They'll get over it. What you don't do with the Satanists is put them in jail for believing as they do. That's what you, you you allow them to practice as they will. Go ahead. Do your weird little animal sacrifice or whatever it is you do. But I don't have to look at your yeah. display, however. Um, I, we don't have time to go through this whole thing now that I finally found it. But let me just give you this quote. This is from uh, National Review, Jim Garrity. Um, Every once in a while, atheists say it out loud. This is a quote. I know what keeps me from critiquing Islam on my blog is just fear. Phil Zuckerman said at a discussion of religious liberty at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. I've got three kids, so I know I can say anything about Christianity or Mormonism, and I'm not living in fear, which is a testament to Christianity and Mormonism. And that's wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) That's a legitimate quote from an atheist. <laughs> I mean, wow! It's kind of a, uh, a, a pretty covered an admission, though. At least it's cowardly. an admission, and it's yeah. also an admission. By the way, the same thing Bill Maher said many times: that Christianity does not have. It's not equal. It is different. Yeah, it is different. Equal. The elements that are uh, uh, fundamentalist or extreme in Christianity are not doing the same things as the elements of uh, fundamentalist yeah. and, and extreme in Islam. That is a big difference, but.
Come back in just a second with a food product that I've never seen before, but we're going to try it. I'm here. Uh, uh, all we have over here is a, uh, a, a course where you too can drive a Chevy Malibu. Nice. Um, it's a, no way that's yeah. not true, oh, is it? Uh, they're not letting you drive Malibus, too. Those are Chevy trucks. There's actually uh, like a Corvettes in there, which are nice. But, yeah, you can go uh, up a hill, though. You can drive a truck <laughs> up a hill. <laughs> Think about it this way. You are, can drive a truck miles an hour. What a dream. A lot of people have dreamed about one day being able to drive a Chevy Malibu on a test truck. Yeah. Test track. Well, you, you got to climb Mount Everest, yeah. see the northern lights, and drive a Chevy Malibu on a test track. Yes. Those are the three, the three big ones, typically. Paris gets in there as well. Now, here is a, we have a, a mattress firm uh, hut, which you can go and lay down mattress, and a lot of people have a dream of being able to one day sleep on a mattress inside of a fair. Uh, Jeffy's got some websites, actually, that deal with this uh, particular phenomenon. It's called uh, Mexican Firecrackers. Um, and oh, this is meat inside of this. Meat inside of this Just one. grab one or the other, Jeffy. Grab Do it. And, and dip Stick it in it that. Stick it in your gullet. And eat it. All right. Uh, the in the Mexican firecracker. I can't do this. Uh, Why? I can't do it. Is, this is bad for you. Oh, shit. This is bad for you. Uh, I, just a few moments ago, you ate an entire pecan pie that was deep fried. Yeah, but this stuff is... So what's in there, Pat? Can you describe it? Ooh, it um, smells. As it does. It's pungent. Sauce. I'm not putting the sauce. It's pungent. It's spicy. Obviously, it's deep fried. Spicy uh, goo of Mexican... I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that does not sound appetizing. No, it does not. Spicy goo of a Mexican <laughs> was that quote. I make sure we understand that. And understand it was said by Pat Gray. Uh huh. Not me. Not Jeffy. <laughs> Jeffy not, said it in other contexts. I am not trying this particular spicy goo of Mexican. Okay, put it down and shut up. Why not? Because he's a baby. What's it? What it was? What, what would you say is I'm it? Allergic. Can you describe it a little bit? Um, I'm allergic. Oatmeal. I I mean, look at this. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I can't can't identify it. I would say it looks kind of like a chicken croquette. The inside of a chicken croquette. Have you ever had one of those? No. What does that smell like, Jeff? You like that? Smells good? Take a bite of it. Be a man. Take a bite. I like spicy food, so I I like it. Okay, Jeffy? I'd give it an 8. An 8 out of 18? Yeah. Okay. Only based on the spiciness. If it had meat in it, it would be really good. It does have meat in it. It doesn't seem like it has meat in it. I think it's just like mashed up meat. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't like pureed meat. It is mushy goo. It is mushy goo? Not bad, though. uh, 18 scale? What do you got? Uh, Five, six, five. Oh, 